house I was really worried I said man but these people there's life there at that church how could that be unbiblical and so I went there to his house and there was a table laid there was all these papers on that table of all these scriptures and so I said um, and then uh, he said to me so we started going through and he started reading to me about the triangle and he said oh the father is not the son the son is not the father and started going through the process after 10 minutes he asked me did you understand that I was absolutely not I don't get even one thing and then he looked at me he knew I was confused so he said to me uh, he, he tried his best to explain but I was just lost so I heard um, I, I heard a story prior when I come in the church that brother Ricardo was Trinitarian before so I went to him and I asked him brother Ricardo can you help me out I'm a bit confused you know I know you used to be Trinitarian so I went to his house and he did the same thing he laid the triangle on his table and all the scriptures and then he asked me he explained to me the whole process he said to me do you, uh, do you understand what I just told you and I said I don't understand because that's why I'm here so you can help me understand he said I don't understand it too neither do they and so it, that really uh, you know uh, planted something in my heart to really want to learn about the oneness of God because, because you know with the oneness of God there is everything like you could you know as a preacher you could preach about anything from the oneness of God because the Bible says that there is only one God one faith and one baptism the Bible says that for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily if we need healing we need salvation deliverance if we need strength we need courage we need anything whatever we need we find it in the one God and his name is Jesus praise God so that's not part of my message but I just want to test I just wanted to testify and so uh, my men- message uh, tonight is called walking in the wilderness walking in the wilderness um, so God used Egypt uh, to preserve his people in a time period when famine had come to the land of Canaan God used Joseph to pave the way for his family to be saved and it was not God's plan for them to stay in Egypt but to one day get to the promised land we know this because Joseph requested that um, you know when the time came that the Israelites had to uh, leave Egypt that they should take his bones with them to be buried in the promised land and um, so after 400 years in Egypt things had already changed by then a new pharaoh rose into power and feared that the population of the Jewish nation was increasing speedily and he wanted to control that but the Bible says the more he made them suffer the more they multiplied God heard the cry of the Jews um, and God is really really smart you know while that was ha- while that was all happening God had a leader growing in the house of Pharaoh so when the time was right you know it took that leader took him in the wilderness stripped him of his pride 
and humbled him and then brought him when he was ready to lead the people out of the captivity of Egypt. Um, we read in the early chapters of the book of Exodus about the crossing of the Red Sea, which was a type of baptism. Egypt was no longer in their sight. They were free from the bondage of Pharaoh. It was a wonderful time. The people were free, but not yet home. So the journey began to the promised land. Before they could go any further, God knew that these people had been in Egypt for so long, so uh, for so long, and they were accustomed to the Egyptian ways and were exposed to idolatry. Um, Yes, they were accustomed, uh, they were exposed to idolatry. So he had to make a covenant with the people and give them his law with specific instructions and boundaries to obey. We heard this morning um, that when we are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, God puts a stamp on us to show that we belong to him. But the image is a process that he's still working on. The Jews crossing the Red Sea was, a symbol, was symbolic to that which we now call water baptism. As the Jews were now free from the bondage of the Egyptians. So are we from the bondage of sins. Um, so scholars that have done their research say that um, it took them three months to walk from the Red Sea to get uh, to Mount Sinai. They camped there at Mount Sinai for about two years and the rest of the 38 years they were wandering in the wilderness um, so with that introduction I just want to talk to you about walking in the wilderness when we get uh, baptized the journey begins which involves God teaching us and shaping us to make us into his image a comparison from the Jewish nation's uh, journey and us today when I, read, uh, when I read the Word of God, so often as it is in our nature, um, to always think that the word, what the Word is saying is for someone else rather than ourselves. You know, especially if it's a surgical type of word or medicinal, if I can use that word. Um, you know, I, I think medicine tests like laundry detergent, but I know it is good for me. So, but, you know, that's, you know, it doesn't always taste good, but we need it. So, the very first thing, you know, there are many accounts we read in the Bibles when the Jews left Egypt, you know, after um, when they crossed the Red Sea, we reread the song of um, uh, Miriam and, 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 you know, the, the, uh, the book of Psalms records that. And um, so... As they walked to the promised land, they started the murmuring. They started the first thing is they started complaining right away, and um, and um, so when you when, when we read the Old Testament, uh, especially in the four uh, first five books of the Bible, it's just constant complaining by the Jews about how God was punishing them, which He wasn't really, um, but. But I think there is a difference between murmuring and asking. And, um, you know, murmuring is born out of a lack of faith in God. Not believing um, that 
in whatever situation we find you find yourself we find ourselves in God has forsaken and abandoned us here is what the Bible says about asking it says in Matthew 7 7 ask and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened oh 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 what what man is there of you whom if he, his son asks bread will he give him a stone or if he asks a fish will he give him a serpent if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him God knows the desires of our hearts but then he says we receive not because we ask not I believe that we receive not because we ask not the right way this is uh, this is our belief this is how I believe we are to ask first we must have faith in God that whatever we are coming to ask of him you know he will provide if God does not give us what we are asking for, we must still trust that He knows best and He will make a way. King David had a child that was born out of the will of God. The child got sick. Uh, David pleaded uh, with God to save the child, but God did not grant him his wish. So what did he do? He got up, washed his face, and went to the house of God to worship and he went back to do the will of God you know um, if God does not grant us what we wish for and uh, are we going to continuously murmur and complain and, and, um, and wish um, you know and remind God about how good life was back then <laughs> you know um, you know it's not a good thing um, so we have a choice whether to get up like David did wipe our faces and continue walking and doing the will of God Exodus chapter 16 verse 2 says and the whole congregation and the whole church the whole church um, uh, of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness and it says in verse 3 and the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill uh, this whole assembly with hunger. And then in Exodus 17 verse 1 to 4, they complain about water. See, uh, sin, this is how powerful sin really is and how much of an impact it makes on us the Jews complain about you know uh, they complained and, and this is what they said we didn't mind dying um, sitting right next to the pots of chickens and beef and bread and all the good stuff that we were eating in Egypt we didn't mind dying sitting right next to those things but you brought us into this wilderness to die here with hunger and thirst but really, they, they forgot. They forgot, you know. Uh, you know, they forgot that they were in bondage. 
They forgot that they were not free. You know, when we are hungry and um, uh, when we are hungry and thirsty, the devil makes you and I believe that life was good back then. That, you know, we forget about the suffering. We forget about that we had no hope. You know, we were broken. We were being bruised every day. We were being tortured. We were living in discomfort. You know, but we as Christians today, we have to believe God that He is our number one provider. Like I say, there's only one God and all the fullness of God dwells in Him. He's the provider of all our needs. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. Praise God. And uh, here's another complaint. Another complaint they complained about. In um, Exodus 32 verse 1 says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together, and Aaron and said unto him, uh, said unto him, uh, up, make us gods, which shall go the, uh, shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not what is become of him. In verse. Uh, in verse 4 it says and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and he had made it a molten calf and they and they uh, and they said these be thy gods O Israel which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and verse um, 24 says and I said unto them whosoever hath any gold let him break it off so they gave it to me then I cast it into the fire and they came out this calf. So, so this is this is quite a remarkable story because the Jews came up to you know uh, to Aaron and they said, uh, "We know we're tired of waiting on Moses. So, why don't you you know we just make us some gods?" So Aaron said, "Okay, bring all your earrings, all your necklaces." And, you know he he fashioned a, a, you know a gold, golden calf. For them and you know and they started worshiping it and then when Moses came back um, you know he said to Aaron what's going on here what happened and they said I don't know what happened you know they put me under pressure so I asked them uh, bring bring me some gold whatever you have and I just threw it in the fire and out of it came a golden calf I don't know what happened that's basically what he's saying but you know, I want to explain this story in a little bit in a uh, 2019 version of my understanding. So, imagine, let's say, for example, uh, our pastor, our lovely pastor, traveled abroad, and um, and then wherever he went to do the work of God, he was having a really good time. So, he took he took so long, and we, the whole congregation. We just got up and went to Brother Gavin and started complaining. said, Brother Gavin, we don't know what's become of pastor. We're really frustrated. We're tired, you know. You know, I remember, you know, in my, my old church, we used to do things this way. We used to learn about this and that, and we used to, we used to do this, and another person brings their complaint, you know. You know, the lighting used to be so much different. We used to do things this way. 
So Brother Gavin is really afraid of, of this mob really attacking him. So he says, okay, starting next week, I'm going to have some, you know, I'll have some different things. We, you know, we're going to have, we're going to learn about the, we're going to have some pamphlets, some hands out about the Trinity. We're going to learn about the Seventh-day Adventist and, you know, the Catholic. And then we, we're going to, we're just going to learn different doctrines. So every Sunday we'll do something different. And so, pastor comes back, and then he walks into the church and has a look around. Here, yeah, the music is very different. It's no longer the same. It's a little bit quiet. We're having a, a bit of a Baptist service. It's a bit quiet. So, he then says, it's something different. The lighting is really different. We have smoke machines at the back, blowing everywhere. And then... And he comes to Brother Gavin and says, Oh, Brother Gavin, what happened here? What have you done to this place? I don't know. I don't know these people. They put me under pressure and they, they just, you know, and I didn't know what to do. So I just did some research, got some material, and I laid it in front of them. And they chose whatever they wanted to do. So I'm sure you're wondering why um, I'm telling you that story that way. Um, God is God, God is a God of order and he has set his church up in a way that there are those whom he has placed in spiritual authority the promise after the promise was after all to every Jew that they would go to the land flowing with milk and honey but the problem is that they thought they could bypass the men of God and find their own way to the promised land pastor talked this morning about idols and how much the human race wants to create a God they can control that was God's biggest problem with the nation of Israel um, it was the worshipping of idols Israel later on had a king that would allow idolatry to come into the temple of God King Solomon married wives that worshipped other gods um, so, uh, so in order to please them all, he built altars for their uh, for their gods right next to the altar of the one true God. We as a church cannot bypass the word of God and the men of God to fulfill our desires, dreams, and visions. It does not work that way. God works with the men of God for the benefit of the church, not to punish or starve the church but to train, equip, direct, and protect, and to lead to the promised land, which is heaven. Praise God. Now let's look at it from a personal point of view. Now we looked at it from a collective point of view. So from a personal point of view. Um, if God came to me, I'll use myself as an example. If God came to me and told me, Brother Moses, you know, um, this is what's going to happen. These are the promises. You're gonna. This is what's going to happen. These are the blessings. You're gonna be this and that, and so. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and God says that to me. But if where I am today, uh, my faithfulness to God, which includes His house and His word, is inconsistent. My attitude and commitment to the man of God 
smells like a garbage truck, then the chances of the of those promises coming to pass are less likely to happen when there is not a willingness to change and submit. The other thing the Jews did so often was really forget how good God was to them. They forgot about his provision. I talked earlier about murmuring. It all starts with forgetfulness. And there comes a lack of gratitude after that. Psalms 106 verse 6 says, We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Um, our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the Red Sea, at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. Praise God. They forgot about how God delivered them and set them free. They forgot about Egypt, you know. Just have a imagine, uh, uh, you know, as a parent, you get up every morning, you go to work, you come back home with your back drenching with drenched with blood, and then your wife having to tape you up and clean you up, and then and then you know bind your wounds, and then you get up the next day, those same wounds again have to be reopened again by the taskmasters. That was the constant life in Egypt but they forgot that they forgot that all they could remember was just the little things that they you know that the the food the, you know the fat and 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 all the meat that they ate but really they were in a foreign land they were not in a place where God intended them to be they were there for just um they were there temporarily praise God Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says, as it was read this morning, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things wherefore God also gave them unto uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor uh, their own bodies between themselves so you know when they um, when they forgot about what God did for them you know God really let them go because God cannot force you God you know when we you know there is a hunger and a thirst within us and I think and I believe that you know God lets us become hungry and thirsty to the point where okay now we have to choose where do we want to go eat and where do we want to go eat are we going to go eat in the world or are we going to come in the house of God and eat the bread of life are we going to go drink in the world or are we going to come and drink from the well that never runs dry Praise God. So it's all about remembering the good things that God's done for us. And and um, I, I did this. And this was um, a while ago. And I'm really good at complaining. I don't know about you, but it's it's part of my, my character, I believe, 
that um, I complain quite a lot, and I'm being honest about it, you know. And um, I remember one day, um, don't know what I was complaining about to God. I was, you know, I was murmuring, and uh, as I was doing that, and I felt like God was saying, "Are you done?" After I finished, felt like God said, "Are you done?" So when I finished, I, you know, I took a, I took, I liked, I like to write a lot, so I took a book and my my notebook and I started writing started writing everything that I was complaining about so I kept on writing I kept on writing I kept on writing I went flipped over a page and I just kept on going I went on on and on I did about five or six pages and this is true I five or six pages just writing keep on writing and then after and then I just felt God saying to me you know is there is there one reason even to rejoice about? Is there even just one reason to rejoice about? And then I started thinking, you know, is having money, is having a good car, is having a career, is having all these things worth missing eternity? And I just started remembering, you know what? I'm going to start thanking God, you know. There's only one good reason to, that's good enough you know, that trumps all the other things that, you know, we worry so much about. Even we worry about our family and, and our friends and things in life. And we can't really control other people and, and what they're doing in life. We can only commit them into God's hands. But when it comes down to this, we have to be thankful that God came from heaven and He saved us. He washed us clean and is teaching us and is molding us and is preparing us to walk into eternity praise God so praise God so there were times where the Jews did the will of God in the wilderness they worshipped them and worked with the men of God uh, they worshipped worshiped God and worked with the men of God. There were times when they rebelled against God and his servant. They challenged his leadership and authority. They complained quite a lot about what they lacked. At one point they got to the edge of the promised land. They refused to enter because they feared for their lives. They said, no, we can't fight those guys. See, those guys... They were born with knives, you know. They came out of their wombs and they were passing them knives, ready to fight. We can't fight those guys. So, you know, they they came, um, they feared, but, you know, they, they went back to the camp and uh, to give the report back to Moses. But the report was discouraging. And so they started to poison the rest of the people with the negative report. Joshua and Caleb had a positive report. They believed that that was the promised land and God was going to give it to them. And um, so God decided, you know what? Since you guys don't believe that this is the promised land I've given to you, since um, you, know, you don't believe that, um, you know, I'm going to make a way and I'll take you into it. You know, God decided that everyone from the, uh, that's the age, at the age of 20 and above would not enter the promised land that they would die See, for most of us when we first started walking with God we thought that life would would no longer be tough I, 
I at least I thought that you know with this newfound hope and dreams you know that I was going to be unstoppable but little did I know that it was the beginning of my making after living in the world for so long and serving a god of sports god um you know god must demolish the old image so that he can establish himself as the one true god in my life see when we first started walking with god you know um he started well and things were good and we were just on a spiritual high but then there were times when we got frustrated with god and took matters into our own hands and that brought us a lot of pain and discomfort see romans chapter 8 verse 28 says you know it says that you know for uh, it says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love god and to them who are the called according to his purpose see when we are in trouble we can call on god the bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us this doesn't mean that since we can call on God anytime uh anytime we need him um that's not a license for us to sin willingly you know because because you know um for anyone who does not have the you know who was in the world and then comes to the knowledge of God and then now they understand that what they did was wrong you know they can call to God and God can help them you know and help them to come out of the situation and who forgive of their sins and cleanse them but for us believers that know God we cannot we cannot use that as an excuse to disobey God and to do uh and to to sin uh willingly but we must be we we must obey his word and uh and just believe him and trust that he um and trust that you know we don't have to go back to what we used to do but God will guide us and protect us um see walking in the wilderness is a necessary part of our lives because the bible says um it's it's a it's a it's a process in which God uses to purify us to cleanse us to mold us and to shape us you know to you know for the nation of Israel the wilderness was their purifying journey God, you know they were in the wilderness they had good times and bad times god used the wilderness to cleanse them off of the 400 years of living in egypt they had been accustomed to idolatry to you know idol worshiping to the egyptian ways and all these things so the wilderness was that place where God could use to just change them and to build because the Bible says, you know, be holy for I am holy, you know, and and God the, the you know, heaven is a holy place and that which is seen cannot enter in. And um Romans 12:1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. which is your reasonable service and verse 2 says and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that ye may uh, may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god first corinthians 6 verse 9 says 
Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The Apostle Paul says we must be transformed. And why is that? The reason is because we were once sinners, idol worshippers, and the list goes on. We are not, uh, we are not trans, uh, we are not trans, uh, if we are not transformed, we are setting ourselves on the path to Egypt. The scary part about this is that when Pharaoh was running after the Jews, he was planning to punish them worse than before. Jesus said, if a man gets delivered of a devil, uh, of a devil, and chooses to go back to that life, he will pick up even more devils. The Jews, if you know, uh, Pharaoh wasn't planning on welcoming them back with nice big bigger pots of meat and nice sweets and all those things but he was punishing to double the punishment because he had lost his son and uh, and he was planning to build a statue for his ch- for his son so you know going back into the world you know the enemy you know he's got even worse things than what we once we were involved in he's got worse than what we were once in prepared and and you you know it's it's even harder for us to come back from that again um whatever part of the journey you are in and i'm coming to a close um in your life be thankful be thankful that god saved you and just allow him to change you and teach you as he will we've heard this before that change is necessary for growth and um, this time uh, you know for me I feel personally is a grounding period where it may seem as though things are a bit quiet and you know you sort of have to push yourself to kind of out of bed to pray and to you know know, jump and shout you know those days you know where you just get up and shake yourself and you're ready to worship and you're ready to pray but you know these days are are those where you really have to discipline yourself you know and it's just discouraging and and you can feel it's just all around but i believe it's a grounding period where god is really teaching us and, and and just establishing us myself i believe and teaching me a lot of things about myself and um and uh, and so I'm learning to be grateful and waiting on God because the worst thing I can do is make a move out of frustration in my life and there I go again walking around in circles so I listened to a message uh, from because of the times I think this was 2017 um, from brother Wayne Neal and um, he said this he said that God chooses how we enter the wilderness 
God chooses how we enter the wilderness, but we choose how we come out. And um, God chooses, God chose how the Jews would enter the wilderness. They chose how they come, they came out, and they came out bitter. And um, so you know, and um, the Jews went in with praise, worshiping, and they were happy, and everything is like, man, we're going to the promised land, but. It was their decision to choose how they were going to come out. Jesus was led into the wilderness, but how did he come out? He, you know, he was tempted by the devil. He did not yield to the temptation, you know, but he came out full of the Holy Ghost. So I want to encourage you today: embrace your wilderness experiences because God will use. God is using them to change you and to shape you. And, to, and, and God is just using them to build the image that He wants the world to see of Him in you. So I just want to encourage you with that. And um, yeah, God bless you.